Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast as we're officially into game week mode and getting ready for Tennessee and Georgia State. So the podcast on game weeks moves until Tuesday morning. So glad to have you along with us with Jesse Simonton, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price. I'm Brent Hobbs. Plenty to get to. Let's start first, guys, with Bryce Thompson suspended indefinitely. Um, and I think the key word here is indefinitely. I, I don't think that's rhetoric. I think this is one of those deals where some of this is out of the control of Jeremy Pruitt. A lot of it's out of the control of Jeremy Pruitt. We'll see what the university, Austin, has to say and, and kind of what what way they go about this. Bryce remains in school for those who have you know, wondered about that. He's still in school. He's a student going to class. He's suspended from team activities indefinitely right now. Yeah, and, you know, just the right move for right now. I mean, you don't need him against Georgia State anyway. Let's see, you know. Once he gets through, you know his his court date next uh, Monday or Tuesday, um, you know where things stand from there. I, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's back, you know, for BYU. But obviously, some of this stuff is out of the control of the people over there in the football complex. I think. This, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say I think the court date is hurdle one, mm-hmm. and then if the charges do get dropped, the next hurdle is the university and. And kind of, you know, the student code of conduct and, and the alleged statement, you know, of, of shooting up this school, right? I mean, that's going to be, in talking to folks, that is much more, I think, seriously being discussed and, and kind of the ramifications of that versus uh, kind of, a you know, a, a spat that did not involve any, you know, physical violence um, with his girlfriend. Well, and I think that the, what's unusual about this from a university standpoint is it's just it's unprecedented from the from so what do you do when someone is someone makes that statement is that a is that a is that a le- legitimate threat towards the student body you know how, how do you and i think from the university standpoint i think you have to look at it as you're, you're establishing a benchmark you're setting a precedent here on on how you you go about this not just for student athletes it has it's not about student athletes it's for all students if if someone gets mad in the library and says something, you know, we were talking about this off there. If somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm going to take a flamethrower to this place because they're mad. They can't find the research stuff that they need and it's finals week and they're stressed out or whatever. Are you going to, you going to dismiss everybody from school that, that says something in haste that way? Or do you take that and investigate those people to make sure that there's not some viable, real viable threat based on the statement that they made? I think that's what Nobody is really sure of because this is uncharted waters for the university. I, I don't know. It's not happened at Tennessee publicly where someone is, it's claimed to have said this statement and everybody knows it in a, in a police report. So I think that's the part where everybody's trying to figure out where the university is on it. I think the university is trying to figure out what their protocol is on this. Because it, I mean, it's, a, it's a liability issue. I mean, that's what a, it comes down to. It's a huge hot button issue, I mean, in the current climate that we live in. I mean, it's not, I mean, whether you, I mean, me and Jesse were talking about it driving in today. I mean, whether you actually, you know, think Bryce Thompson was just, you know, furious and spouting off. I mean, given what's happened in this country over the past year, you can't ignore that if you're a public institution like like Tennessee. Right. So the question is, do you take every claim like that and and have an immediate reaction to it, or do you take a claim like that and investigate it? I don't think there's, there's sure nobody at this table, and I don't think there's anybody that can throw stones and say they've not said something out of frustration over the years that they didn't really mean, you know, it just went for the, the easiest thing was to go for the jugular in a verbal spat and and then, you know, 20 minutes later you're like, okay, that was stupid. You know, I, I just think that's natural for every one of us to get frustrated. 
you know, I mean, you, you get frustrated with your kids when they're disobeying you out in public and making you look like a fool. You get frustrated with your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or your your, your boyfriend, whatever. I just think, is it is it right? No. Should he said he was going to smack the crap out of his girlfriend? No. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, people make mistakes. We all well, make mistakes. I, but again, I've said this publicly. I don't think from a university standpoint that's the issue. I, long from a bigger picture standpoint, I think that will be settled. And yeah, the, I agree. Course. But and, and, I mean, the, the issue. I'm lumping both comments together. Yeah, but I think but they're I both think separated. They're different. I think they're I very think they're different, different because I think the the very different. I think the one that's directed at the girlfriend is a misdemeanor, quote, criminal case that's going to get solved in a court of law. The other, there's not a criminal case involved there. There's no charge against him there. But it, as a public institution, someone makes this statement. How do you approach that from there? And again, I, we're going to get into the game in just a second. But how, from a university standpoint, how do you approach somebody who makes that st- makes a Bryce statement? Bryce says like he that? doesn't do it. Girlfriend says she don't remember if he says it or not. And then you got the other people that are involved that says he or the one person says he did say it. That's a he said she said. You got two other people who said they heard it, but they can't ID him as saying it. But okay. it happened at the same time. I know. I, I agree with you. But one of those he said she said in there is the RA, who's the dorm director. Who probably is going to carry a little bit more weight than a random But that person is not the one that saw him. Though. You know. They're saying they, that, that person's right, correct? No, the, 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 the hall director was one of the witnesses. That said that they heard him say it, but they weren't sure it came from his mouth. It was the RA. Yeah, I mean, it, again, I think from from the standpoint... From the, the, semant- uni- the semantics of that, though, are less important than... What's how the university's seri- policy? How, yeah, how serious does the stance? university take a statement like that in general... And what is the potential ramifications going to be, whether it was Bryce Thompson or someone at the right. library that says such a deal? Because if you, they, whatever they decide will set a precedent right. at this school moving forward. And hypothetically, if Bryce is allowed back, none of us in this room think that Bryce would actually go shoot up somebody. But if he did, this university would cease to exist because it would be sued out of oblivion because the precedent would have been set. So the, 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 that's, I mean, the, that's the, right. the, the challenge that this which, school's which, dealing with. And that's what I wanted to explain to people, or try to explain to people who are asking this question of the board. It's not, it's not a Bryce Thompson versus the school, the school deal. This is a, this is, this is a precedent setting deal. Why the university is going to look at this and why it may take longer than people want or everything else because they are having to decide, okay, what's policy here? You know, are, are you going to throw anybody out of school who makes a random statement? Are are those random statements? Do they give you the right to go search warrant somebody's dorm room? You know, or somebody's car or their backpack because you have some sort of reasoning? You know, just cause to go do that. Those are all things that the legal side of the university is looking in, and that's why that phrase has so many people on the athletic side and even the university unsure of what direction they're going to go with things because it hasn't been broached before. So that, that, that's the Bryce Thompson deal. There'll be plenty more of that moving forward. Again, he goes to court regarding um, the comments towards the girlfriend. That takes place next week, and then we'll see what the chancellor and, and the student conduct people do uh, in regards to the other comments. All right, let's jump into football, okay? Uh, without Bryce Thompson there, Warren Burrell, we think, starts at corner. I do. Uh, yes. I think based off of because you want to leave Schamberger at star. Yeah, yeah. And, and based off the fact that you know he's been running as kind of the, the third corner, 
this entire time, and has had a really good fall camp. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, and I think you don't want to miss. You've got Schamberger playing at a level he hasn't played at, apparently, right. for the last 10 days or so. I don't think you want to mess with that. You want to keep that one going in the right direction because if you believe you're going to get Bryce Thompson back, you know, or Warren Burrell's going to come on, that star position is so important to you. I don't think you want to mess with a guy whose confidence Quite frankly, since his career has been here, has been a roller coaster. When you talk about Sean Schamberger, absolutely. I think you know, and and you're not going to have Danny Batuli at linebacker. So I think there's a real chance that Tennessee starts at least two freshmen on defense Saturday. I think you know Henry T is going to start at 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 the will, and and you know Warren Burrell is going to take Bryce's you, spot outside. And the then when you factor in you know potentially Durrell or Savion, as far as pure newcomers, I mean the the defense could be. You know, four guys maybe. Yeah, I mean, if if Solomon does not get the green light, I think it is probably Durrell and Sav. It's Savion's fighting with Matthew Butler to get that first snap. Hard to believe that you're sitting here looking at this, Rob, and, and you think about what they've lost for this opener again, Georgia State. Um, but but what they've lost in terms of you you can argue their three best your defensive best, players for the say, opener. At your best player at each level. Yeah. And arguably, now, and now you're looking at Henry as the quarterback of your defense because I think you're probably, based on Jeremy's comments, feel better about him Damn. managing calls and checks and everything else as a three down linebacker than you do Will Ignat or whoever else uh, would be there. I don't there think for there's Bazzini. any question about that. It's crazy, which says something about a couple of different people. Well, it says a lot about Henry. I mean, I yeah. think you got to give the credit to Henry and the development that he has and what he's gotten done. Especially since he didn't arrive until June. Well, I think what, yeah, and I think what you learn about Henry is he did a lot of homework before he ever got here in June. You know, in terms of playbook study and install study, and I think he got, I think Text he landed. with Batuli and those guys. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he hit the ground running in June, having a pretty good early feel for just the the foundation of the defense and the basics there. So, but, you know, he's going to be out there. He's going to start. And then we'll see how many of these guys are going to rotate and how many guys are going to play. Pruitt's talking about playing everybody, it sounds like. How many people does, does Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt play uh, on defense? I think we all agree up front, everybody's going to get a shot, right? Well, when you throw in Roman and, and Quavaris Crouch, those guys are going to play because they're going to beat Georgia State pretty handily. They're going, those guys are going to get a lot of runs Saturday. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of true freshmen that play Saturday. Which, which, with that new four-game rule that they put in before last season, makes sense. Get those guys some run. Where do they go? Where do they go with safety behind? Look, we, we talked about we talked about the corners. Okay, we got Burrell. You, you got Alante Taylor, and then you're probably going to look at like a guy like Kenny Solomon. You know, the means. Means kids, sounds like Jeremy's pretty high on him. Okay. Where do they go at safety behind Nigel and Trayvon Flowers? I Look. think it's Theo's the first guy up. Theo, but I'm going to tell you who's coming. I'm talking to some people, and I was told this weekend, not, you're not going to be a huge factor the first few weeks, but by midseason, they really think Tyus Fields can be a real factor at safety. In the two deep, not a starter, right, right. but a guy that but you know safety all the way. Because yes. there's some thought maybe nickel or two loves two. He's he's like Roman Harrison. I was told that like they've had to like he's the contact guy in the back. Yes, like you know to the point like you know they had to they've had to like you know okay you're out you can't be leading with your head. I mean these are your teammates. You know this is <laughs> we appreciate your zest for wanting to go just obliterate somebody, but obliterate somebody. You know, you know, you're going to end up with targeting and be kicked out of games if you play like that. It's interesting because that's not a name we've heard a ton about. It isn't. Fields. It isn't. That's, that's a good note. It isn't, and and it's noteworthy too that you know the McCullough buzz died pretty quickly in fall camp. You know, after you know he he was a guy that I think had some juice. When we he had was two picks in the spring. Yeah, he was here in the spring, and there was lot there was lot there was lots of buzz, and he was not a name that that generated 
uh, a, a ton of, of news, both you know publicly or privately. I mean, if, if Tennessee, I know Jeremy says they're going to play a bunch of guys, but if Tennessee has its way, they would like to basically just play Nigel and Trayvon. And well, Trayvon needs to organize. Yeah, and and just rotate in Theo, you know, situationally or for spots now. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about throughout the season. Throughout the season, that would be like their, it, I think, their three yeah, safeties. I think that oh that, yeah, that would kind of, unless, kind of, unless Fields takes Theo's spot, and he could, you know, depending on how much reps, run, you know, how much run he gets and how successful he is in a couple of games, you, you never know with that because we know Theo Jackson. As has ridden a roller coaster since he's been here. The, the Beasley, there's, there's, you know, the, the biggest talk about Beasley, Aaron Beasley, has been the move to linebacker. There's not been any real buzz about him all preseason, has there? No, and he's a guy that I think, you know, we'll see what what Tyus does. But both of them, when I had when I, in my ten things, I, mean, I think they're they're just they're guys that are absolutely they're going to give them snaps on special teams, and that may be it this year. But you know what? For where Tennessee's depth is, and and. The, the the fact that Jeremy has made it no secret that he's trying to go after roster speed, uh, you know, and and I think that, that that's going to be their role early on, and then you know, can they kind of find a, a niche down the road? All right, let's jump over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, when you look at this, Rob, it's I mean the oars have it on the offensive line. Well, I mean, say on both lines right. of scrimmage. You're talking it, it, the defensive part's not a surprise though. Are you saying Orr's finally playing for Tennessee? Yeah, I guess he is. Um, but <laughs> the blind side. Uh, but you know, offensively, look. I mean, Brandon Kennedy's going to start at center. Yes. You know, I think we. I think we're all going to agree that Marcus Tatum's going to start at one of the tackle spots. Okay. So there's there's two. Trey Smith, we believe, is going to start. I mean, if, look, if he's taking contact for two days and that's going okay, I get Jeremy Pruitt doesn't want to get into. Guaranteeing himself for anything because sure. I guess Austin, that's going to be what what numbers look like from a medical standpoint into the week, right? As a part of this protocol, this plan they have in place to to get him. I mean, there, there's some medical things late in the week they're going to have. It, it, it he's going to have to pass to get on the field, it's correct? Gonna, it's going to be a weekly thing, I would think. Correct. I mean, the, you know, Trey will, uh, you know. I mean, he'll have to have some tests. There's going to be very little contact during the week, right. all season long. There's an offensive lineman in the NFL that 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 plays with with this similar type condition. Akung has not played. He's yet. not played. Oh, he's not played. He has, not, play. he has he not played a single preseason game. But he yet. is playing a Russell Okung for the San Diego Chargers. Is what right. We're talking okay. about. Um, and so, I, point is, is, yeah, I mean, the plan is for him to play. He's been working towards that. He was full contact on Saturday. You know, and he's, they've been trying to kind of, you know, do a little bit of a practice run. I thought they would practice this before a scrimmage, but I guess they're just, I guess feel like they can, can control it a little bit more in a, in a, in a set practice to kind of give it a test run. So, um, you know. So essentially they at the end of last week, they kind of put him into a game week mode. Yes. Late last week, get, get, do whatever you need to do from the medication, medical standpoint to play on Saturday. Back on your regiments, whatever you need to do, and, and roll through it this week. That's correct. It's kind of the plan there. Which, um, to, and to Rob's point, I mean, it could change every week. Right. Because the, the, which is why it, I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to probably go all season long calling game, game time. time decision. Yeah, which makes that – Which, which makes, is not a lie. No, I mean, and, 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 and it just makes the O-line situation all the, all that much trickier. Yeah. What do you think they do at tackle? You think the, you think it's one day Morris to start left tackle? Kind of, I mean, I, I, I sort of lean I, that way. It just seems like in the, in the – Stuff we've watched, he's seen, I mean, it seems like he's. It will not be Jameer. Well, well Jameer hadn't been practicing, so. Jameer, Jameer's not practiced the last several days. Um, 
And so um, and that's more of just a you need to eat and get bigger. Get your rear ending gear type dude. Yeah, message. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he can, I mean I, the kid plays hard, and I mean, you can't question his toughness, but he, he, he looks like a tight end when you see him out there with it. I mean, I, I think he rolled the dice. I think before. it depends on what happens with Marcus Tatum. Tatum could start at right, right. And that means one, he starts at left, or Tatum could start at left. Means Darnell starts right. I think one true freshman of the of the tackle start. How Saturday. how how scary for for this coaching staff did the idea of starting a freshman? It's always nerve wracking. Did it get scarier because of what happened Saturday night? Florida it makes it a little easier seconds. when you're playing Georgia State and you're not right. But I mean, Florida. when you look when you're thinking BYU the next week and everything else, I mean, do you aren't you aren't you a little more like oh. I mean, Florida. Look, Florida's good off the edge. There's no question about that. Georgia State's not that. It is much easier to play. And you're going to play one. One of those guys has got to play well this week for Tennessee, though, to give you a little confidence. I think going into BYU with them. I mean, you're going to play both of them this week. Who starts this week is not as big a deal as who starts next week in terms of what freshman, whether it's Darnell on the right or Wanya Morris on the left. Yeah, for me, this week's going to be all about. You know, we'll do, do my, I'll have my piece, you know, upon further review on Sunday and then the PFF thing early in the next week. I mean, it's going to be all about snap counts for the, for all, for, for a bunch of those offensive linemen. How, how many snaps does Calvert play at right guard versus Jerome Carvin? You know, or Riley Locklear. Or Riley Locklear. Like, what is well, that? Ryan Johnson. What you know, what, what is that? What, what is that? What does that look like? And how do they perform in those snaps? I mean, that, you know, and again, we, we kind of talked about this. Late last week, I, I think this is going to be, and you, you're you're certainly setting yourselves up for some potential uh, concerns. But this is going to basically be a three week deal where three like, week Tennessee's, trial. Yeah, Tennessee's going to shuffle these guys all around and then head to Gainesville with what they believe to be, at that moment in time, their best five. Might not be week two. Might not be as much experimenting against BYU. But you're right. Out of the out of the three weeks, you're gonna. It depends gonna, on how much they learn this week. Right. You're going you're gonna to shuffle it as much. And, as I, and I meant to ask Jeremy this today, and I forgot. What do we make of Jeremy Banks? Is he a tell, he's back on the tailback depth chart today. I think, he, I think he's still playing linebacker. Yeah. Right? Well, that's what yeah. I think, too. I think he's going to play special teams, and that's probably where you're going to see that, Jeremy I think Banks. that was a UT Sports Info depth chart, and they just forgot to... White, white out that one name and put him on the linebacker spot. But I don't think I don't think he's going to be. A, it doesn't appear that he's going to be a major factor at linebacker. And it didn't appear he was going to be a major factor at running back. No, right it looked now. like Eric Gray had. Does yeah, it? I, I hundred percent. I, 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 I am in that camp to believe that I don't think Jeremy. But he definitely was not going to be a big factor at running back. He was running fourth. But I mean, for Pruitt to come out there on whatever it was Friday and be like, Jeremy Banks is one of our best players. We're going to put him on defense and he's going to play a lot. I just don't. See, I mean, I don't, I don't see how. I mean, maybe you can just have him run around out there, but it. We've heard from multiple coaches that this scheme can be difficult, you know, this preseason, and you know, you're already playing a freshman probably a lot in Henry T. I think they want to get a guy like Shannon Reed a bunch of reps because if you're unsure about Batuli's knee, you're going to want Reed to be able to be that, you know, uh, extra nickel linebacker. So, well, remember this about Banks when they moved him to linebacker last year. What was the we don't have anybody like that over there. It was kind of the early word <laughs> comments, you know. And all of a sudden, it was you know the, the the buzz behind the scenes was basically like he was going to start after practicing four days there, and he didn't last it. I mean, he was never moved right back to running back. Right, it was never a factor there. So I think you got to be a little bit careful with some of that stuff. Um, we'll see how quick he kind of picks things up and goes from there. I was surprised that I, you know, 
again, sports information is involved. I don't know David Johnson, Jeremy Prince, that, that there was no brackets on the running back chart. Now, I don't believe the running back chart because they had Eric Gray at the bottom of the running back chart, and I don't believe he's the number four tailback on this roster. I think he's going to play ahead of that. But I was a little surprised to see Ty Chandler mentioned as listed as the clear-cut starter for Tennessee at tailback. They're going to play all of those guys. I think it's going to be fascinating to see who who generates the buzz out of that position Saturday. Don't you guys? Well, Georgia State was pretty bad, so it could be all three of them. It could be. But, <laughs> but, but, but I, mean, I, I mean, I do think it's going to be one of those, and maybe it is all three of them do that, but is, is it is it Gray that's, you know, getting the buzz that we heard early in fall camp? You know, does he no, get more right. carries? You're right. You and then, I mean, and again, are they going to keep it Tim simple? Tim Jordan, the forgotten, continues to be the forgotten guy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know double digit carries. Well, that's just the way. That's just the way his career's gone. Well, but remember this too, Austin. I think this is important. Jeremy Pruitt said um, on on Monday in, in his press conference, "Hey, we're going to keep it simple. Both sides of the ball. Let them play fast." I bet if you got Jim Cheney in the office, close the door, and ask him what what's your priorities for this weekend. Show very little, and we're going we're, we're to screw our cleats in the ground, and we're going to come off the ball and hit somebody. I would guarantee you. First play, first play is a runoff tackle. I, second, I, play, second play, <laughs> second play is going to be a dive to the right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, won't you be won't you be surprised if play number one's anything other than an off tackle run? Sure. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I don't think. We've all seen Cheney these last few weeks of fall camp. Around. I mean, he is—it's always open. He has ramped it up. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's, been—he's been in the offensive line all over him. You know, we've—we've we've heard from different people that he's taken a—a—not that he's not always involved in the meetings, but that he's taken you know even a bigger off the field role in, in terms of running you know being in, involved in the meetings, being you know confrontational in meetings along with being instructive. So I mean, I—I I don't think there's any doubt that that's that's his priority going into the, end of the year. Yeah, I don't think he's going to show a whole lot other than he wants to. A lot of split zone on Saturday. A lot of split zone. It was a lot of these guys coming off the ball. So, uh, plenty to to look at and plenty to learn coming this weekend, coming out of this weekend, regardless of who the opponent is, even though Jeremy Pruitt had plenty of high praise for his buddy at at Georgia State. Yeah, I was going to say the only other thing that I thought was mildly surprising, and, and AP could maybe even comment on this, was that Obviously, we know that DWA is the is the you know head head and above everyone else at tight end. But the fact that, that those were the only two I think freshman newcomers that weren't listed, you know, that maybe some people thought we know Jackson Lampley's going to redshirt. That that's been a known, you know. Uh, but they weren't they weren't listed at all on the sports information, you know, depth chart we got, which I thought was kind of mild. I thought that was mildly interesting since that since the guys behind DWA seem to just be in a muddled pack. You know, right. sometimes it'll be Pope, sometimes it'll be Craig, sometimes it'll be Jackson Lowe, sometimes it'll be Warren, you know, so, and now they're gonna play on Saturday, I just thought that was something that kinda caught my eye. I think it's just because all that, I mean, you kinda like the defensive line and even Pruitt, the same. Pruitt kinda let them in, they're all kinda the same guy, you know, it's same, same thing with the tight end, they're all kinda, I mean, they really are, it's like, DWA's way up here, and then everybody else is just like together. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. could be Andrew Craig, could be Pope. Now, I'll say this: Pope's healthier than he's been in some time. You know, I mean, he didn't have to miss any of fall camp. So, you know, I, I you know, I, the offensive line. You know, you talk about adding bodies. Lampley's healthy, and, and you're right. Expect him to redshirt, but you know, you know Chris Ock Perogenes missed all of fall camp with a hamstring. You know, and so 
I mean, that's another body that's off the board for the offensive line that maybe you were hoping would at least be able to, you know, help you. You were curious to see what he was going to look like from a, from a size standpoint. You know, yeah. curious to see what he could do. Another guy, I had this in my 10 things. AP talked to somebody else this weekend that seemed to also kind of add even some more credence and info to, to what I had. I think another guy, now we'll see how many opportunities he gets, but he was listed as right behind Josh Palmer on the two deep. I mean, the buzz continued. The, the late camp early preseason buzz it's kind of come out of nowhere too in the last seven or eight days on Ramel Keaton I mean yep yeah it's funny I mean it, it, I mean T Barton privately has told some people that you know Ramel's really really come on he's really high on where he's at right now and when the T Martin met with the media for the first time his first meeting <laughs> there was not a lot of love for Ramel Keaton at that no. point in time but he certainly seems to, to have found his groove and, and found his rhythm a little bit you're going to see him on Saturday all right let's jump through some recruiting right quick uh, there won't be a ton of visitors in this weekend but there will be at least one official visitor in. yeah Plymouth Whitehead. Whitehead and uh, Tennessee's hoping to uh, establish themselves as the preeminent team to beat in this I mean they are the team to beat right now they like to lock it up is that realistic he's going to take he's going to take right? more visits and that I mean like I guess anything could could happen but I mean like at no point is he ever even hinted at the possibility of pulling the trigger this weekend he, he wants to take some visits and Texas, South Carolina, those type teams are are in the mix uh, for Lenneth. Tennessee, but Tennessee, Tennessee covets him very much, and Tennessee seems to be in a pretty good spot with him. Right, they're now. in a great spot, not right. too far from home. Um, Mom likes it here, and uh, her coming up this weekend's you know big for Tennessee. Anybody else unofficially? I know that's so very. People need to understand unofficial visits during the fall with high school games are such. Subject to change because the kid loses the game on Friday night, he doesn't want to go somewhere on Saturday, or if he twists his ankle, well, needs to get treated. They hope you get like Jay Hardy up here. Yeah, Jay TV. Hardy, Jalen Hyatt's going to be in town, which is good because I mean, you know, with the whole thing with Bryce right now, and that's his buddy. Right. You know, I think it's big to get him back up here. Yeah, he had a big week, by the way, right? Uh, 81 total yards. He's got three touchdowns, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's a pretty big week. May not be a huge number of yards. Pretty big week in high school football when he breaks. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison threw for five. Much of them went to top Tennessee target Eric Gilbert. Um, Ojalari had a couple a couple sacks. Uh, Gilbert put on a pretty good show. Yes, he yeah, did. He, he, he certainly shows that he's got enough hands to play a wide receiver. Uh, that, that's for sure. All right, um, nothing else of note on the recruiting front right now, which is not surprising. I mean, the dead period ends. It'll start to pick up a little bit, you know, uh, as as we enter September, because the dead period ends Saturday, and so. coaches can get out and start evaluate, evaluating when they want to. Right. I would imagine Tennessee, Austin will use that Chattanooga weekend to eval some. Yeah, yeah, they'll, no they'll doubt be out, they'll be out and about some there. I don't know how much they'll be out Friday night or the BYU game, but I would think Chattanooga weekend that they would be out and about quite a bit. They'll probably be in Florida some the Friday uh, before the Florida game as well, depending on that kickoff time. So. Um, Start to pick up there from an evaluation, kind of if your board's moving around a little bit and kids start to take some visits as well. Speaking of visits, Rob, everything for basketball seems to be gearing up for the Georgia. Yeah, Georgia I, would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them have an unofficial or two, you know, those first couple of weeks. But Jaden Springer, I think they're going to bring him in the Georgia weekend, and I would anticipate they will also bring Keon Johnson and Corey Walker in that weekend as well to try and create a little, a little group chemistry. And, um, you know, I'm Said it, said it before, and I mean, I, I keep, I keep feeling good about Tennessee's chances right now with Springer, barring you know, and with a talent like that, crazy things can happen. 
But I, I think Tennessee's in a really good spot with him according to the fall. Yeah, there's a school that continues to stand at the top. Others keep to shuffle in, shuffle around, but Tennessee seems to be to be staying there. Anything on the current roster right now? Just continue waiting on waiting on Euros. I mean, that's the big. But that doesn't seem like that's coming. It, maybe late I, I, September. Rick, Rick thinks maybe into September. I, mean, I, I think that they just kind of hope to have an answer before practice starts in early October. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. So plenty of things going on. We'll continue to um, bring you full coverage of practice, full coverage of game prep. Um, many of our features returning. The S&P stock report will be uh, coming back out to, tomorrow. We'll jump that back out at you. We'll have the matchup piece, the Rocky Top Roundtable. All of our uh, content, Game Week content, is back in full swing. Plenty of conversations uh, with you on the message board as well. But that's going to do it for this edition. Cajun and stock down. And the VaultQuest.com podcast for Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Jesse Salmonton. I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you on Friday for our next podcast. It's Tennessee. We'll be uh, just hours away from kickoff against Georgia State.